0: What's going on, everybody? Thank you for tuning in to the latest episode of the Pure Sports Pod. This is Matt Wyrick along with Kevin Haswell, and today is MLB opening day. At long last, the insanely cold hot stove is finally over. We actually had the last major signing of the uh, offseason today, uh, of all days. Greg Holland signing a $14 million deal with the Cardinals to be their closer. So, Kevin, baseball's back. How are you feeling?
1: I'm excited. Phillies got a lot of potential this year. Um, you know, got that. We got me and Mac at the MLP TV setup. We'll be able to watch every game every day. I'm I, I'm extremely excited. It's good. I mean, it's a perfect day. It's actually the nicest day we've had in Harrisonburg in a while. Um, and coincidentally, on opening day. So you know, nothing better. Excited for the season to start. And uh, you know, I'm excited to see your hear about your predictions today.
0: Yeah, we've got a ton of stuff for you guys. Obviously, baseball. Um is kind of our forte, having come over from visitors' bullpen originally. Uh, we both uh, played, well, obviously Kevin played a lot longer than I did, uh, but I've been more of an analyst guy, so we both are really into the sport and we're super excited to bring you the MLB opening day preview episode. Uh, we're going to go division by division here. Uh, we're going to start in the American League with probably the most talked about division uh, in the AL East. The Yankees, obviously, with Giancarlo Stanton and Aaron Judge. And not to be forgotten is Gary Sanchez, who could combine for probably 130 home runs between the three of them this year. Um, The Red Sox bringing back Chris Sale, who finished second in the AL Cy Young voting. The Orioles, who signed Alex Cobb to be atop of that rotation. The Rays, who are in full rebuild mode. And the Blue Jays, who are still trying to hold on to their aging roster hoping that Marcus Stroman and Josh Donaldson can lead them back to the postseason uh, where they haven't had much luck. Kevin, who do you think wins this division?
1: I think it's got to be the Yankees. I mean, they've basically put together the best lineup I've seen in Major League Baseball in years, um, you know, with the emphasis on home runs nowadays, you know, them changing the baseball, whether or not true, um, more home runs, you know, gives this team a big advantage. And, you know, middle of the lineup when you have Aaron Judge John uh, Carlos Stanton and Gary Sanchez, you're gonna be hard to beat. Uh the question's gotta be health in their rotation. Masahiro Tanaka. Um, you know, C.C. Sabathia's had some injury troubles, so Sunny Sonny Gray. Uh, so let's see if they can stay healthy. Uh, I like the rotation, the way it's put together right now. Um and you gotta love that bullpen. I mean, Delin Patantis and a roll of I mean that's you know a great one two punch. So we'll see how Aaron Boone does as a manager. That's another question mark with them, but You know, after watching the Red Red Sox lineup, I know they added J.D. Martinez, but after watching the Red Sox lineup last year, just not confident enough in them to win this division. Um, You know, they're going to need a big bounce back from David Price as well. So I'm going to go with the New York Yankees to win the AL East.
0: Right now, I mean, I have to agree with you. I think the Yanks are certainly the super team here. I mean, there's a super team in every division right now. And so I don't know about you, but I've gone with the super team to win each one. Um, But I think here the biggest problem for the Yankees, like you said, is health. Greg Bird already on the disabled list. Supposed to be out six to eight weeks after getting right right ankle surgery. Jacoby Ellsbury, which isn't really a huge impact injury considering their outfield depth right now. Um, But he's on the 10-day DL. And Clint Frazier already has a concussion. Uh, So they're already being stretched thin in terms of their depth. Um, But with Gardner, Hicks, and Judge in the outfield rotating with Giancarlo Stanton, We'll probably be playing a little bit of left, a little bit of right, um, and then you know Gardner can play all over the outfield too. I think that this team offensively is probably going to be at least the top two. I mean, the Astros you got to think are the favorites to be the best offense in the majors. Um, but even if the pitching staff doesn't turn out to be as good as they're hoping, I mean, you know Tanaka's been so up and down. Severino's only had one good year. CC Sabathia, you know, is aging and at any time could just fall off. Sonny Gray hasn't been the same guy he was when he was one among the AL Cy Young contestants uh, a few years back. And Jordan Montgomery needs to take a step forward in his development. Uh, Was decent, but not great last year. So they're hoping for good things from him, but, you know, only time will tell. So this rotation certainly has a lot of question marks. And I think you really have to look at the Red Sox here, too, um, whose rotation has some question marks of their own. Obviously, Chris Sale, you know, is the guy here. And no one's really worried about him. He's going to be just fine, and is a, a true number one at the top of the rotation. However, David Price has just not been the same guy over the past few years. Rick Purcello had one good year uh, and has since really not been, you know, the same guy since he won Cy Young two years ago last year. Had a down year. Hector Velasquez actually put up um, pretty good numbers, um, but has only pitched 24 innings in the major league, in his major league career. Um, so they're hoping for big things out of him. Uh, and then, you know, Drew Pomeranz already on the DL that's hurting them. Uh, you know, he was supposed to be kind of those, one of those middle anchor guys. So their rotation has a lot of question marks. And I think more question marks than the Yankees do right now. And then the offense, obviously adding JD Martinez is going to be huge. You know, they needed that power bat after losing David Ortiz, uh, to retirement. So he's kind of going to replace that. But I think right now, Rafael Devers is taking steps forward. He definitely had an impressive second half last year uh, when he came up from the minor leagues. will lock down that third base spot. But I think this offense needs a bounce-back year from Xander Bogarts and a bounce-back year from Mookie Betts if they're going to contend with the Yankees. Because right now, with how everyone p- played last year, it's a bunch of table setters and J.D. Martinez. I mean, they're hoping Devers can be more one of those power bats to kind of put in the middle of that lineup there. But Betts really needs to take that step forward, be that number three guy in the order. Um, and, and Xander Bogarts, who... Doesn't get talked about as one of the better shortstops necessarily anymore. Um, But he used to be among the best in baseball. And I think, you know, there's a lot of good things that could come out of him. Hanley Ramirez, uh, still hitting, surprisingly. um, But, you know, we're not really sure about him. And Andrew Benatendi, a little overrated in my opinion. But if he can take a step forward offensively, this can be a really good offense. And then, of course, the bullpen, anchored by Craig Kimbrell. Can't be really worried about that. So these are two teams, I think, obviously, the closest uh two teams in the standings at least projection wise right now uh in terms of teams in the same division I think the Red Sox are going to make things interesting but honestly I don't even think they're going to make the playoffs I don't trust this rotation I'm not sure about you know the ability for a lot of these offensive players to to take a step forward so we'll have to see you know what actually happens
1: yeah definitely going to be uh one of the most exciting divisions uh you know across you know across the league but um you know, I could hear the resentment in your voice about uh, Rick Porcello when you were talking about it. I know you're still mad that he won the Cy Young over Zach Britton that year.
0: Yes. Uh, you know, I've always been a fan of Rick Porcello. He's been, you know, an above average starter, especially with Detroit. He was pretty underrated, and I was rooting for him, you know, to do well. But personally, I don't think you uh, – I don't want to get in this whole debate about the Cy Young Award again. We just had Tom Robertson himself walk in the door. Um, the Yankees – fanatic over here. Um, Tom, how you doing?
2: I'm doing fantastic. How are you guys doing?
0: Pretty good. You actually walked in at a great time. We just kicked off our projections here and we started with the AL East. We both picked the Yanks to walk away with the division. I'm guessing you're going the same way. That's a no doubter. (laughs) That is a no doubter. What do you think is the biggest X factor for them this season?
2: I think that pitching is going to be huge for them. Obviously the thing that's making headlines by this Yankees team is the addition of Giancarlo Stanton uh, and the power that they have with Judge, Sanchez, Stanton, obviously, and then Gregorius, a sleeper as well to hit 20-plus uh, home runs, no doubt. So that's obvious, but I think the pitching, Severino, honestly think he's going to have a Cy Young season and come home with that trophy at the end of the season. Tanaka, easily going to have a bounce-back year. Had a 4-7 ERA last year. Absolutely terrible, but going to bounce back, in my opinion, no doubt. Full year of Sonny Gray, and to me, this is the best bullpen in baseball. So, Okay, so mother.
0: if we have to go with a team other than the Red Sox or the Yankees to make the postseason, Kevin, who's it going to be?
1: Say, say the teams again.
0: Blue Jays, Orioles, Rays.
1: None. None of the above.
2: None I don't of think, the above.
1: I, I don't think any of those teams are playoff caliber teams. I mean, the Orioles would probably be the closest. I mean, if I had if I had a gun to my head and I you know I had to choose a team, there it would be the Orioles. Um, you know, they have just enough talent to make a wild card run, uh, but not much more. But none of those teams, I don't think, break you know the eighty win mark. I, I think they're all you know right between 76 and 80 wins
0: i do like the blue jays for a couple of reasons one josh donaldson's injury history kind of took you know forced them to take a back seat in the al east last year not able to play a full season i think he comes back healthy he's actually my pick to win the al batting title um i think he could be a real force for them i mean obviously he's one of the best third basemen in baseball uh so you know if he's able to take a step forward justin smoke very very good offensive first baseman a lot of power there Kevin Pillar, one of the best defensive center fielders. Randall Grichuk, who's kind of getting a fresh start with the Blue Jays after not really panning out with the Cardinals. Um, and Kendris Morales, uh, who signed a big contract with the Jays a few years back to be DH. I think, you know, they have a lot of power in this offense, and I think that they can do enough where the rotation can carry this team. Jay Happ, Aaron Sanchez, Marco Estrada, and Marcus Stroman. Four very good starters. And I think that, you know, this is a team that, Rotation really doesn't get a lot of credit for being one of the better in baseball. Uh, I personally think Marcus Stroman is going to win AL Cy Young, uh, one of the best ground ball pitchers in baseball. Very underrated because he doesn't get the strikeouts. However, his slider is among the most lethal in the sport. And last year had to pitch in the World Baseball Classic. Kind of got him off to a little bit of a rocky start but still finished the year with an ERA just above three and one of the best home run rates among pitchers in the sport. And with the uptick in home runs, a lot of pitchers were falling victim to that. And you saw some guys who were you know, typically pretty good falling off a little bit because they were susceptible to throwing the ball up in the zone, getting it cranked out of the park. Stroman, not one of those guys. And I think he continues to adapt to this changing of the guards here in terms of the fly ball revolution. And he wins that Cy Young Award. So I can certainly see the Blue Jays making a push here, but health is a big issue. We're going to have to really wait and see how, uh, you know, Donaldson comes back. Tulowitzki, can he be the guy? He's already, you know, still on the DL right now with a bone spur in his right heel. So we're going to have to wait and see how he comes back, how he returns. Um, But if guys like Devin Travis, who was actually one of the more emerging second basemen for a while, um, can come back healthy, I think this is going to be a pretty good team. And, yes – Right now, obviously, the Red Sox and the Yankees are the teams to beat, and there's certainly no reason to pick the Blue Jays over them. Uh, But if any team of the three has to make it, I don't trust. The rotation in Baltimore and Tampa Bay is certainly rebuilding, so I'm going with the Blue Jays. How about the Grandy Man? The Grandy Man, yeah, you can't even talk about it. The
2: Grandy Man can.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Good clubhouse presence, certainly. Uh, Great veteran to have yeah, he's considered one of the most respected players
2: in the sport. You didn't mention so. Troy Tulowitzki at all, who's no, I fallen didn't. off the face of the earth. I don't think you said that. I just about said he has throwback. a bone throw. spray. Burn. Right, towards the end. Throwback. We talking about some of the weapons they have. He's kind of falling off the face of the earth, but he, he, he's got the talent to, to possibly put up some good numbers, have a little bit of a bounce
1: back. Honestly, throwback to when the Blue Jays traded their whole franchise for Troy Tulowitzki. That was ridiculous, <laughs> thinking they were going to make a World Series push, and never happened. They
0: also traded for David Price, yeah. got him for half a season. And he pitched well. He did pitch well.
1: That was one of the few times David Price had pitched well in the playoffs, so hats off to him. Uh... I think we need to move on. Yeah, A little too much AL East. But <laughs> How many minutes
0: in are we right now? Twelve minutes. Twelve minutes on the 12. AL East. Oh, yeah. All right, well, that is the most competitive division, so I think it deserves a little bit extra here. But let's talk AL Central. All right, we've got the Indians. Obvious, you know, playoff team here. Um, ben had 102 wins last year. Some of the best players in baseball and Jose Ramirez, Francisco Lindor, Corey Kluber, who won the Cy Young, um, and Carlos Carrasco, who – Has dealt with some injuries, but, you know, one of the better pitchers in baseball. They're going to be the obvious favorites here. The Twins, who made a surprise playoff push last year, didn't have Miguel Sano in the second half. uh, Dealt with a lot of injuries, but have had a really sneaky good offseason, signing guys like Lance Lynn uh, to pretty cheap deals. Uh, So they're, you know, looking good moving into the season now. And then we've got a few rebuilding teams in the Royals, the White Sox, the Tigers none of whom are really expected to make any kind of difference in the standings. Royals, obviously bringing back Mike Mustafis, Mike Moustakas, but losing Lorenzo Cain and uh, your man's Eric Hosmer uh, to big deals um, to other teams. So they're going to have to kind of move on without them. The White Sox still in rebuild mode, but you know, have some young studs and Lucas Giolito, Reynaldo Lopez, Michael Kopech in that rotation, who they're hoping can be the guy. Uh, Jose Abreu, obviously one of the better first basemen in the league. Um, and, you know, they're, they're looking all right. Breakout
2: year for Avi Garcia last year he as did, well. He did,
0: yes. Uh, finished the year with a three thirty batting average in 136 games. Didn't really get a lot talked about, even when he was hitting pretty well. Um, and they're also, you know, hoping for Yohan uh, Moncada, who they acquired in the Chris Sale trade, um, to kind of take a step forward. He obviously is being paid a lot of money being a Cuban native and <laughs> having to, you know, signed one of those big free agent deals um, despite being a prospect. And so they're kind of hoping he can step into that role um, and and do that. And then there's the Tigers, who really have just been the victims, I think one of the worst victims in terms of aging contracts. Um, They're really not in a position to compete right now. Um, having lost so many key guys, Ian Kinsler is gone, Justin Upton is gone, JD Martinez is gone, and they're left with the massive contracts of Victor Martinez, who hit 255 last year, Miguel Cabrera, who hit 249, uh, and James McCann, who hit 253. Um, or sorry, not James McCann, I was thinking of Brian McCann. But um, having traded Justin Verlander, they now have Jordan Zimmerman's contract, who's also been uh, a huge disappointment. Michael Fulmer is really the only bright spot here uh, in terms of young talent, uh, former rookie of the year. Uh, winner who dealt with some injuries last year, they're hoping he can bounce back. But is anyone here not picking the Indians? I mean, I think it's pretty pretty a clear cut choice here.
1: I don't know. I don't, I don't know. I'm going with White Sox. Just kidding. <laughs> the Chai kidding.
2: Sox. Okay, just kidding.
1: No, the Indians. I I really like you know their whole roster. They're keeping together a nice uh, core of guys, and you know they have the best reliever in baseball. So, what do you guys think that the Twins' ceiling is here? It's in ninety wins.
2: So similar to last season, I don't think they were doing a whole lot better uh, in terms of probably ended up in a...
1: I do like the additions of Jake Odorizzi and Lance Lynn. Um, yeah. yeah, Odorizzi was the guy I forgot
0: about. And I think Byron Buxton, second half, he hit 330. Was a He's really... also one
1: of the best defensive center fielders in baseball. And so one of the
0: ba- best base dealers in baseball, too. Yeah. Still finished, I think, sixth in the majors in uh, runs scored. And Joe Maurer had a bounce back year. Uh, kind of out of nowhere there. So with Logan Morrison added as a DH who pro- hit 30 home runs last year, uh, very solid addition. Um, with Dozier, defying age, still doing well. Sano at third base. This is a really, really good uh, lineup. And, of course, Fernando Rodney is their closer. He's the kind of the guy they signed him from the Diamondbacks um, earlier in the offseason. Then we're able to get Addison Reed on a team-friendly deal. So they actually have two closers right now that, you know, if Rodney falls off, which he has been known to do in the past, does have a lot of closing
1: experience, but not
0: necessarily
2: as old as the hills. Yes, so.
0: very old. But 40, Addison he's Reed,
2: forty-one.
1: Addison Reed has had hey, a very been, solid career. Fernando Rodney has defied age the last couple of years. I mean, still goes up there at those ninety-six. Always had a control issue, but used it to his advantage. I still think he'll be pretty good for the Twins this year.
0: I think Twins uh, could win the uh, wild card game face off with the Astros um, in that first. Uh, series of the playoffs, and I think I think they would give the Astros a bit of a run, but you know we'll obviously have to see where injuries are, um, and you know there's still a lot of question marks about the back end of that Twins rotation, so still some things to work out there. But this offense certainly is promising. In the AL West, we have the reigning champs in the Houston Astros, reigning MVP in Jose Altuve, couple former Cy Young winners in um, Dallas Keuchel and Justin Verlander. So this, and of course, they also added um Garrett Cole over the offseason they are projected to have the best rotation in baseball they are projected to have the best offense in baseball and they still have Ken Giles at closer uh, who is a very serviceable ninth inning guy this is one of the most complete teams we've seen in a while they're young they have an insane core George Springer Altuve Carlos Correa uh, a few other young guys Marwin Gonzalez a guy who doesn't get a lot of credit but had a really good year Yulieski Gurriel, who was good in the second half Alex Bregman who's considered a breakout candidate I mean just going up and down this roster, there aren't any holes. Does anyone think that there's any chance
1: that the Astros don't win the AL West? No, I just I, I think people are sleeping now sleeping on them. Uh, somebody off the fact all the, you know, all the moves that the Yankees made this offseason, uh, to really get better. I mean, John Carlos Stan, they basically traded uh, for one of the best players in Major League Baseball to add to their lineup. Um, and, you know, Astros went out and got Garrett Cole, which I think, you know, was kind of swept under under the rug a little bit. Uh, Justin Verlander Talked about it the other day, uh, saying that, you know, uh, he also believes, you know, people aren't really talking about the Astros, and uh, they should be scared. You know, they got a great roster, and, that you know, they are the defending World Series champions.
0: Now, we did have some movement uh, beneath them in terms of off-season moves. The Angels obviously signing Johai Otani to a Albatross contract, um, or sorry, not an Albatross contract, uh, to a very team-friendly contract simply because he was being posted um, and could not sign Um, A big deal because of his age. However, not a lot of people are talking about the other moves that they went out and made. Uh, We have Ian Kinsler signed to play second base. Zach Kozar over at third. Justin Upton was re-signed to play left field. This is a very, very surprising series of moves for a team that's been strapped by uh, expensive contracts over the past few years and has one of the worst farm systems in Major League Baseball right now. So in order for the team to win now, they had to spend money. They went out and did handing huge deals to Kinsler, Upton, and Cozart, and made their offense pretty respectable. You know, Cole Calhoun, they're looking for a bounce-back year out of him uh, over in right field, but, you know, maybe Otani is able to provide that offense. Guys, where do you stand on Otani? I mean, personally, I think as far as pitching goes, he's going to be just fine. He looks to be lethal on the mound. I mean, some of his spring training starts just looking at some of those breaking balls. It was absolutely insane, Uh, but his hitting is a little suspect to me.
1: I think he's gonna have trouble hitting. I think at the end of the day, he becomes just a pitcher only. I know that you know he doesn't want to, uh, but from what scouts have said, he has a lot of trouble hitting a curveball at the major league level. Um, he's basically from you know from some scouts' views, a uh, high school hitter trying to hit the major leagues. Uh, I don't think it works out at the plate. I Think you know he's got the power, um, but the power and you know some of the hitting abilities to hit in the major league, hit, hit in the major leagues, but. Um, I just don't think it's going to work out. Now on the mound, I think he's got filthy stuff. He needs to work out some kinks. Um, you know, it's a, a different game over here, different baseball, stuff like that. But you know, I think the hype surrounding him is should be for him being a pitcher, not
2: as a hitter. No doubt, no doubt. I, I think the hype coming in, see, it was a little bit too much. In terms of his performance on the mound, his stuff is definitely there and it's nasty. But he's had some suspect moments even on the mound in spring training. Uh, hitting-wise, again, everything echo everything you guys said. You can't hit a breaking ball in this league, then, then you can't hit, period. So, probably going to see him just end up on the mound pretty much exclusively. Um, uh, and definitely needs to mature, and we'll see how he handles that pressure. Even though uh, L.A., the market is typically focused on the Dodgers, we'll see how he handles that big city market uh, uh, and see how he matures, but definitely has the potential and the stuff to succeed, but it just depends on... Uh, if you can work out the kinks and work out uh, his his maturity and composure.
0: And, of course, they have Mike Trout, the best player in baseball right now, um, who is everyone's pick to win MVP this year uh, in the American League. So, you know, you got to think a team with Trout on it. Always has a chance, um, and his health will be key. If they can get anything out of Pujols, um, which I'm not expecting, but um, we will see, you know, what kind of production they can get out of him with such a huge contract that they have him signed up for. But like I said, I think this Angels team makes the playoffs. I think they're one of the sneaky wildcard picks here. Um, but another team in the AOS that I don't think has been getting talked about enough is the Oakland A's. Uh, their pitching staff, very young. Okay, They don't have anyone over the age of 27. Uh, it's currently slated to start a game this year. Um, but their, their offense has a few guys who really stick out to me. Mainly Matt Chapman, uh, who is their third baseman finished the year with 14 homers, hitting two thirty four, had a, a pretty impressive uh, rookie stint. Um, and then, of course, Matt Olsen, who did not get talked about because he came up this, around the same time as Reese Hoskins, who obviously lit up the league hitting,
1: what was it, 18, 19 home runs? Yeah, I remember on Visitor's Bullpen, you were trying to tell people that Matt Olson should be uh, Rookie of the Year. Mm-hmm. I was like, let's cool your horses over there. Okay. Cool I didn't say I didn't say he deserved Rookie of the Year. Reese. I said he should be a fine big, big Reese guy over here. He's got 18 home runs in like 30 games. And you're talking about Matt Olson
0: Hitting 24 home runs in 59 games. Um, and funny enough, he had 26 extra base hits. 24 of them were home runs. Um, so he sounds like he's a one-dimensional one yard, player.
1: Which, I mean, he still hit two six. No, he had an OPS I, over 1,000. I'm just messing. If you hit home runs, you can do whatever you want. Yeah. It's not really one-dimensional. <laughs> <laughs> when you get four pay, four bases per at-bat, you're not really one-dimensional. But I think I think this, this A's team has a lot
0: of potential offensively. Chris Davis, uh, spelled with a K-H, the, less talked about Chris Davis. If you ask who has the most home runs over the last two seasons, the answer is Giancarlo Stanton. Everyone would probably guess that answer correctly. But if you ask who has the second most home runs of baseball in the last two years, guarantee you most people wouldn't say Chris Davis, but that's the answer. The guy has been an absolute force, hitting 43 bombs last year. Nobody ever talks about him because he plays in Oakland. All their games are at 10 o'clock Eastern time. Nobody ever gets to see him. But he is one of the best pure power hitters in the game. Uh, and then we have Dustin Fowler, who, one of their top prospects, coming up to play in the outfield this year. Um, a lot of power potential there. This team's going to hit a lot of home runs. Uh, and if their pitching staff can maintain any kind of you know consistent production, I think this team could be you know in the running for a playoff spot. Now the AL West is actually, I wouldn't say you know like the AL East in that it's you know got powerhouses, but it's definitely going to be competitive. The Mariners still you know make a ton of, they're just known for making a ton of moves um, and acquire D Gordon. Kind of oddly enough, they have three second basemen on their team in Robinson Cano, Gene Segura, and D Gordon. But they move Gordon to center field, and we saw a spring training. He actually had some pretty nice highlight real plays uh, out in the outfield, so I think he's going to be a pretty good center fielder. Um, then Kyle Seeger, they get a bounce back here from him or Mike Zumino at catcher, Nelson Cruz at DH. I mean, they've got a lot of guys uh, that could really make a force uh, offensively. Then, of course, there's Felix Hernandez. King Felix. King Felix, who actually holds the current uh, longest streak of most consecutive. Opening day starts and will be making that start again this year. Um, James Paxton, who is one of the more underrated pitchers in baseball. Mike Leak is on this team. I, you know, they have some potential too. And I, that's what I'm saying here. I don't think the Rangers are going to be able to hang on um, with the rest of these teams. But the A's, the Angels, and the Mariners, I think, are going to be in the mix for one of those wildcard spots.
2: Edwin Diaz, too, closer for the Mariners. He has gas. And he's a young closer coming up in the shut league. Shut down. Shut down. What?
1: No, he's shut down. Oh, he's a
2: sh- yeah, he's a shut-down guy, no doubt about it. Uh, had some kind of control issues but uh, last season, but once he really hones in and, and starts getting comfortable in the league, he's going to be absolutely filthy.
0: I think Edwin Diaz and Ryzel Glacius are two of the rising closers in this league. Uh, Glacius over on the Reds, um, who are going to be you know those mainstaying closers that uh, we talked about, you know, Kenley Jansen, Craig Trimble. Those two guys really show the stuff. Um, of being potential lockdown closers. We're going to go ahead and shift over to the National League now. We will start with the East, or the Washington Nationals, clearly the best team in baseball, (laughs) in my humble opinion. Uh, No, actually, just kidding. They're definitely not the best team in baseball. Losing Daniel Murphy to start the year is going to hurt them, um, but they have a relatively healthy team. Other than that, Bryce Harper, Anthony Rendon, Trey Turner all in the lineup, Ryan Zimmerman coming off of a very surprising bounce-back year. In the rotation, you've got Steven Strasburg, Max Scherzer, Gio Gonzalez, and Tanner Roark uh, giving them one of the best groups in baseball. Their bullpen is locked down by Sean Doolittle, Ryan Madsen, and Brandon Kinsler. This is a very complete team. But the Phillies, Kevin loves to talk about how they're really coming up uh, offensively, you know, guys like Reese Hoskins, J.P. Crawford may, may, might have a bounce-back year. They're hoping for Mike Alfranco um, to be a different guy. Tommy Joseph um, isn't really going to get a lot of playing time necessarily, right, because of Hoskins, but, you know, he actually...
1: Tommy Joseph no longer plays for the Phillies. He was DFA'd and signed by another team. Well, there you go. Definitely <laughs> not going to get any playing time with the Phillies, then. <laughs> but, no, Carlos Santana. That's signing right. of Carlos that's Santana right. moves Reese Hoskins to left field all year, which... Questionable decision defensively uh, for Gabe Kapler. You know it's going to provide some obstacles. Uh, not as athletic as you know Nick Williams or Aaron Altair, but you know you get two great you know on base guys in the lineup. So that's what it's all about. I'm a big fan of Aaron Altair. I've talked about him before. Um, who do you just, think? Who do you think holds down that outfield spot? Uh, Nick Williams or Aaron Altair?
0: Because they're platooning to start the season. And I think that's smart I think <laughs> the outfield depth in the Phillies is pretty underrated. I mean. Odubel Herrera, Reese
1: Hoskins, Nick Warren nice. even can play outfield. Fun fact: Odubel Herrera is not even in the opening day lineup. Really? Because he doesn't hit well against Julio Tehran. But fair enough. But he's the starter. Yeah, no doubt. Center fielder. But this is a team I think that can make a
0: surprise run. Obviously, signing Jake Arrieta um, was a big boost. Aaron Nola, um, a rising pitcher uh, in the league. Nick Pivetta, who doesn't get talked about a lot, was acquired by the Phillies in the Jonathan Papelbon deal. Uh, with the Nats a few years back, um, Vince Velasquez, who went on this run, was it two years ago? Everyone was talking about him as the next big guy. Then kind of hit a wall, and last year wasn't able to live up to it. But you know, this is this is a young team, maybe one that's not necessarily ready to compete this year. But you know, we said that about the Nationals in 2012, and they went and won 98 games. So we could be seeing the start of something of dynasty for the Phillies here. Um, which is scary for any other NL team. Then, of course, there's the Mets, um, who dealt with several injuries. They kind of, two years ago, had a bunch of injuries. Doubled down on the team, said, "Okay, if these guys are healthy, we'll be just fine." They all got hurt again, uh, and we're basically back to square one. They're with the same, you know, core group of players. You know, in a Cespedes over in left. They got Jay Bruce back in right field. There's Cabrera, Ahmed Rosario in the middle infield. Juan Lagares at center. Um, now they have, of course. Adrian Gonzalez at first base, Todd Frazier at third, you know, some new faces there. David Wright, we still don't know when he's going to be coming back, um, and Familia over at closer. But, you know, the, obviously the big story here with the Mets is their rotation. Cindergaard, DeGrom, Mats, Harvey, and Lugo. Zach Wheeler got, the fact that Zach Wheeler had to be sent down to the minors, you know, goes to show what kind of, you know, depth this team has as a rotation. So if they can stay healthy, I mean, you know, they went to the World Series in 2015, uh, with the behind this rotation, who they have the same guys that they went to the World Series with. Just Harvey has not been the same. Mats has dealt with several injuries. Cindergard opted not to get an MRI and then ended up having to get surgery for it. Didn't make much sense. Even Seth Lugo has dealt with some injuries. So they have the depth, but they also have a really checkered injury history that could go against them. Uh, so you're an unbiased opinion, Tom. Phillies or Mets? If you had to pick one team to make the playoffs, who's it
2: going to be? Uh, I think... I'm... If the rotation can stay healthy with the Mets and big fan favorite there in, uh, in New York as well. Michael Conforto, he's dealing with injury right now. If he, he comes back and has the season that all those Mets fans believe that he can have. I think that, uh, it's probably going to be the Mets over the Phillies. I'm not sure that Reese Hoskins is going to be able to sustain, uh, that ridiculous production that he had towards the end of the uh, last season. Um, the rotation with the Phillies, there's a lot of potential there. We'll see if it comes together. We know the Mets guys can do it. It's just can they stay healthy. With the Phillies, uh, there's a few more questions in terms of outside of Arrieta, what what they can do. But it's going to be interesting to watch. I think it's going to be a tight battle between these te- those two teams all year, no doubt about it.
0: Yeah, I mean, a lot of people talk about how there's so much parity in baseball, and I think I don't think there's necessarily parity. I think there's just the super teams and everybody else, and Within that everybody else, there are a couple teams that are, like, going for it. You know, everyone talks about, oh, three teams, the AL Central are tanking. You've got the Marlins. You've got uh, the Reds, the Pirates now. The Giants are, you know, God knows where. The Padres don't really know where they're going to be. But at the same time, you know, if you look at teams in the National League competing, okay, Braves are actually going for it despite, you know, not being a super great team. They have, you know, the guys that they're trying to, you know, bring up and um, develop into one of the better teams. Mets and Phillies, Brewers, Cardinals are going for it. Diamondbacks, Rockies, Giants are going for it, but are dealt with a lot of injuries. I mean, that's over half the National League. Uh, so to say that tanking is necessarily taking over the league, I wouldn't say so. I think there are definitely teams obviously not going for it, but I mean, I think you're going to have that every year. There's always going to be a few teams. You know, you look out, to look at the, what the Cubs and Astros did, and they won, you know, successive World Series. So you know, there's going to be some teams doing it, but I think right now baseball is in a good place, um, and the National League East is a perfect representation of that, in that they have a super team. They've got two teams going for it, um, a team kind of on the fringe, not really sure what's going to happen with them, and a, a tanking team. So uh, NL East, probably going to be the Nats, uh, but I think one of those two teams between the Mets and the Phillies could certainly be making a push for a wild card spot. In the Central, we have the Chicago Cubs, uh, anchored by one of the most popular lineups in baseball, Anthony Rizzo. Uh, Chris Bryant, Kyle Schwarber, and Wilson Contreras being the core there. Schwarber obviously had a down year last year, but has cut a lot of weight. Uh, I personally drafted him in fantasy. I think he's going to be having a monster year um, and playing a decent uh, defense over in left field. He used to be a catcher, but they wanted to preserve him, uh, so they moved him out to left, um, and his defense has not been very good, but we will see if cutting weight will be good for him. There are the Brewers, who made in successive days – uh, surprise moves to acquire Christian Jelic, uh to anchor their left field spot in signing Lorenzo Kane to a five-year deal uh, in center, and then putting Domingo Santana in right. That kind of leaves Ryan Braun as a backup outfielder at this point, which you told me a couple years ago that Ryan Braun was going to be a backup outfielder on the Brewers when he signed that monster deal with them. I wouldn't have believed it, um, but the way his career has gone with the injuries and the PED accusations. It's not too surprising. Travis Shaw was an underrated candidate for an MVP award last year in the National League. Probably was the best player on the Brewers. Uh, didn't get much talked about. Eric Sogard and Orlando Arcia, very good middle infielders. Eric Thames had obviously that monster first start, uh, then kind of cooled down. And Corin Ebel, who made the All-Star Game, one of the better closers in baseball, kind of emerged too. Uh, so this team kind of anchors, you know, what is the rotation going to be doing here? They're is certainly some question marks there, but I think the Brewers could be making a push in the AL Central. They're going to be fun,
2: fun to watch with uh, with these editions. I think Christian Yelich is one of the most underrated players in the league, just in terms of he's an incredible player. And they're going to be putting up, I think Thames has the ability to not necessarily do what he was doing at the start of the season, but be a little more consistent this year uh, after settling down from all that hype uh, at the start of the season. Great outfielders in Lorenzo Cannon, Domingo Santana as well, who's, who's, who's a very exciting player to watch. So this is going to be a team that I think has a capability to put up a lot of runs, but I think they will they may have the potential to give up a lot of runs as well uh, with some of the question marks in that rotation. So I think you're going to see a lot of high-scoring, exciting, and fun games to watch with the Brewers. Um, in terms of their ability to contend, uh, they might not be ready to take that leap this year. But they're definitely no question going to be one of the funner teams to watch in the league.
0: And then, of course, is the Cardinals, a team that actually has missed the playoffs each of the last two years after being a staple in October baseball over the past decade. Um, but they've made some some good moves here. It's trading for Marcelo Zuna uh, from the Marlins to anchor down that left field spot, adding them that big bat in the middle. They were kind of missing. Tommy Pham, who wasn't really talked about all year and then suddenly was getting MVP votes. He had a great season. They're looking for big things out of him. If Dustin Fowler can live up to his contract, that'll be huge. Of course, we mentioned at the beginning of the show, Greg Holland signed with the Cardinals today on a $14 million deal. Picked to be him on closer. my fantasy
2: team just before I came over here.
0: I tried. He was already drafted in my league. Was, uh, it was pretty He got drafted. He got drafted. I almost
2: drafted him because I'm not a closer of that quality. You know they're going to get signed I mean, at some, like at some point. So he was, I almost drafted him, but passed on him. So did everybody else. So got him for the free pickup. Yeah, I mean,
0: I wouldn't have turned him down, but this, this Cardinals team doesn't have the star power necessarily to compete with the Cubs. Um, I think they're going to need the Cubs to kind of have a slower start or some, something along those lines like they did last year. If they're going to be competing, I don't see this team winning over 90 games. Their rotation has so many question marks behind Carlos Martinez. You know, Michael Wacca has bounced back and forth between uh, the bullpen and the rotation, not really been able to put together any kind of consistency their number three starter right now is Luke Weaver, whose career ERA is 4.56, not even pitched 100 career innings yet. Um, so they're going to need, you know, some guys to step up that, you know, aren't really being talked about. Um, but, and, and, you know, Matt Carpenter used to be the guy, really hasn't been an anchor over at first base. So they're really going to need Marcelo Zuna. They're really going to need Tommy Pham. Um, and the rest of the lineup is kind of have to fill in. I mean, this has never been a team that scores a ton of runs. They've always been, you know, a below average Uh, offense but great pitching has kind of propelled them throughout the postseason Uh, you know Adam Wainwright in his prime uh, you know gave them a a true ace I think Martinez can be that ace but I don't think behind him they have the depth Um, so it's going to be tough and obviously Luke Gregerson um, who was supposed to be their closer but is already on the DL Uh, when he comes back that might help them out in the bullpen a little bit but his already you know checkered injured history him being on the DL to start the season does not bode well uh, for the team overall As for the rest of the NL Central, the Pirates trading Garrett Cole and Andrew McCutcheon signaled a changing of the guard here, not really expecting them to be in much of contention. The Reds have a great offense, you know, one that's not really talked about. Uh, Joey Votto, best pure hitter in baseball, best first baseman in baseball, uh, in my opinion. Adam Duvall, um, who has hit 30 home runs. I believe, each of the past two years, checking those numbers. Yes, 33 in 2016, 31 last year. Not really talked about as one of the better, you know, offensive catch uh, players, but really is. Billy Hamilton, obviously a great base dealer, took a a bit of a step forward offensively last year. His OPS still hasn't really actually, he took a step back, I lied. Um, His OPS has never finished above 700 over a full season, so they're going to need, you know, him to maybe take a step forward there. And Scott Schebler. Um, who is supposed to be, you know, he's 27 now. Was going to be one of their better prospects when he was younger, um, but hasn't necessarily panned out. But did hit 30 home runs last year. So if he can get the average up a little bit, um, you know, there is a focus on power over average these days. Um, but you know, this is a team that's going to hit a ton of home runs. Um, pitching staff awful, not really <laughs> awful, really just not. not sugarcoat. Nothing count. to write home about. I count. will never sugarcoat it. I promise you that. Um, you know, after tra- since trading Johnny Cueto, they just haven't really had anybody at the top of the rotation. Homer Bailey has not lived up to his contract anyway any way whatsoever. Luis Castillo, you know, maybe he could ter- pan out, but probably not. The Reds aren't going to be in contention. This is the Cubs' division to lose. But I think that the other wild-card spot comes from this division. I think we're going to have either Mets or Phillies, and either Cardinals or Brewers. And my picks right now are Phillies and Brewers. Brewers, no doubt, for sure. Wild-card spot, Phillies and Brewers. Those are mine, yeah. Wow. I got Mets and Diamondbacks. That brings us to the NL West, where they actually had t- three playoff teams last year um, in the Dodgers, Diamondbacks and Rockies. Uh, Dodgers didn't do much over the offseason, kind of just hunkered down on the, the roster they already had, having had a big offseason the year before, re-signing guys like Rich Hill and Justin Turner uh, to return to the team. They acquired you know, Matt Kemp, but not really expected to be a difference maker on this team. Justin Turner... Having to miss the first three to six weeks does hurt them a little bit, but they're able to move some guys around. You're going to see more of a Logan, Forst, Logan Forsyth and Chris Taylor uh, and Enrique Hernandez, maybe some Chase Utley, which I could never turn down seeing some more Chase Utley, although you know he's obviously not the guy he used to be. Um, and if they can get a bounce back, or not necessarily a bounce back here, but maybe if Yasiel Puig can return to form, um, they have the, an elite offense. Obviously, their rotation anchored by Clayton Kershaw is always going to be good. Alex Wood was an all-star last year. Kenta Mayetta really showed up in the postseason. They're hoping he can put, uh, you know, a little more velocity on the ball like he did when he was coming out of the bullpen. Rich Hill being paid uh, deservedly uh, after having a couple good years. And Hyunjin Ryu, if he can ever stay healthy, you know, they have the makings of a really good offense. And, I mean, really good rotation. Julio Urias, who is injured right now, um, just got left shoulder, left shoulder surgery out at least six weeks Um, we could be seeing him make his way back in the rotation. He obviously broke in the league at 19, uh, was a little premature, had to kind of work some things out. He has some injury troubles, but his ceiling is through the roof. And if he can ever, you know, have that pan out, he's going to be a force. And then there's Kenley Jansen in the bullpen, maybe the best closer in baseball. I mean, I think that's between him and Kimbrough right now. So this Dodgers team, obviously losing in game seven of the world series last year is one of the better teams in baseball. Um, But they, to me, they're my world series pick for this year. I think they're going to be back with a, you know, force, I think Clayton Kershaw in his basically a contract year. Being able to opt out of his deal after the season uh, is really gonna, you know, have a, a fantastic season. And I don't, I think they run away with this division. As for the Diamondbacks, they lose J.D. Martinez, who they picked up at the trade deadline last year, uh, and didn't really replace him with anybody. They did acquire Steven Souza, but with him, as we mentioned in a previous episode, being out to start the season. They're going to be missing that offensive guy. They need Jake Lamb to be, you know, the, the dude that they were expecting him to be. He had a pretty good year last year, um, but it was really just him and Goldschmidt for a while. Uh, they're hoping for A.J. Pollock to bounce back after tearing his ACL, coming back last year, not being the same guy he was before. Pollock is in a walk year, so pressure is on him uh, to really be that guy. And then the Rockies, who actually struggled offensively, special, uh, you know, at home, you're going to have those bloated numbers, but on the road, they're actually one of the worst offensive teams in the National League. And what did they do? They go out and sign a mega bullpen uh, to, instead of really focusing on that offense. A bit of a questionable move considering their bullpen was already a strength. Um, but Greg Holland hit free agency; they didn't bring him back. They decided to go with Wade Davis, uh, giving him a giant deal. Brian Shaw and Alex Avino, Jake McGee. This is a very deep bullpen, uh, one that we're not really expecting. You know, we don't really expect to see. The Rockies with great pitching, but you know, being able to sign Wade Davis to such a monster deal is huge for them. If their rotation—John Gray, Tyler Anderson, uh, Chad Bettis—can really you know take some steps forward here, uh, they have the potential to you know hang around. I just don't see that this offense can really handle it. Carlos Gonzalez is back in right field, hasn't been good in probably two to three years. Ian Desmond last year was a disaster uh, for them at first base, and are moving him to left field. Charlie Blackman, Definitely a MVP candidate. Um, DJ LeMayu has won a batting title. Nolan Arenado, another MVP candidate. And Trevor Story, who's had dealt with some injuries. Um, they have the potential to be a good offense, but I think those Coors Field numbers certainly boost what kind of team they actually are. And if the Dodgers do run away with this division, we're going to see them in a wild card game uh, in the playoffs if they do make it. And I don't see any of these starters winning the wild card game for them, especially if they're not in Coors Field. And... To me, it doesn't look like either the Diamondbacks or the Rockies are going to be making the post.
2: How much of a difference does that really make? That course field, elevation, altitude, like, come on,
0: give me a break. It actually is extremely significant, and a lot of statisticians will take out course field numbers when determining who are better players because it's so bloated.
2: Maybe in terms of boosting the numbers, but you said – if they're not at course Field, they wouldn't win that wild card game. It it, it affects both teams equally. I mean, it's I not like they're winning at, more games because they play home field at course Field.
1: That, he brings up a good point. I don't think it comes down to the win loss. It doesn't help the win loss, but it helps the statistics.
2: It may help the and it may statistics. It so. may definitely help the statistics as well. But I don't think it really affects it to the degree that a lot of people think. Like, it's not going to affect a hit. By 10 feet. It, there's no way it makes that significant of a difference.
1: You're right, it, it does. It actually changes it by like 30 feet. It does. But, no chance. But, but, but no, are they Are you move serious? Back defenses. No chance. They move back the fences. They move back the fences. It's like 385 in the gaps at Coors Field. A normal, compared to that Citizens Bank Park, it's 360. 25 foot difference in the gaps. Deeper. So they, they try to make changes to the ballpark that like help out, make it harder to hit home runs. Still drill the
2: ball out so easily. I mean, you still so easily. You still gotta Elevation You still makes, gotta makes, hit the ball wow, It's difference. not like you're gonna hit a routine yeah, but top five that just flies out of the, the ballpark. Get,
1: get the advantage by playing there statistically, but not win-loss ones. Oh,
2: def- no doubt about it.
1: Over the last 25 cycles to be hit
0: in Major League Baseball, nine of them have come at Coors Field. Do you know why? The next closest
1: is five. It has the most surface area in Major League Baseball. It has nothing to do with. That's more. That has nothing to do with the altitude. That has to do with the stadium size. The gaps are 385, and it's like 415 in center, so there's more Sa- surface area in the San outfield. San Francisco
0: and Miami are just as big.
1: What? San Francisco and That's Miami are just as
0: big. That's just not
1: true. Look at the dimensions of Coors Field. Compared to any other stadium, there's nowhere near. It's because in the gaps, you have to cover so much more area, and if you misplay a ball, you have so much further to run, which causes more... Um, bases to be taken. And I don't
2: think the altitude has really any, almost no bearing on 100%. base hits. On base hits.
1: Home runs, sure. Well, the surface but, area of the field does. Because outfielders no, sure, might sure, play sure. further back Absolutely. and then Absolutely. balls fall in.
2: No doubt about it. But I'm saying, in terms of the ability to get a base hit, not an extra base hit. Yeah, you might be able to get an extra base hit at Coors Field easier because of how large the field is. But in just in terms of, it's only going to carry the ball farther. It's not like, a ground ball that you hit, the velocity is going to change so significantly that what would be uh, a ground out would turn into a hit. Baseball reference
0: has a game. stat on their website called park factor, and it determines one hundred is league average in terms of the park favoring hitters versus pitchers. Over a hundred favors batters, under a hundred favors pitchers. Right, the I'm Rockies' sure course is very
2: high, one fifteen. And I'm sure it's very high, but again, as Kevin mentioned as well, it's not just about altitude. It's about how large that park is, uh, in terms of being able to get extra bases. The, well. the, okay. the cycles, the cycles, does hitters. make a
1: difference. The cycles, the cycle. Actually, the cycles only have to do with the surface area of the field. They have nothing to do with the altitude.
0: Well, you got to hit the home runs.
1: Which, which the surface area of the field is a factor of the altitude because they made that change to counteract the, the altitude and the, the way the ball flies. So, yes, if you want to just play that game where you tack on reasons, then, yes, it's related, but it's about the surface area. It's not but about it, the altitude. Well,
0: my entire point is it favors the hitters. It favors sometimes teams when they come to Colorado, the high altitude affects them and they actually don't hit as well because they're not used to it. But the team that plays there every you know 81 games a season, they're used to that high altitude, they're used to playing in it, and they perform better than their opponents 99 times out of 100. So they are favored at
2: home simply because so nine 99 times out of 100, they perform better. No, i am saying they're
0: favored, not that they
1: oh, are. Oh, also, fun fact, first pitch of the 2018 Major League Baseball season, Ian Happ home run. Home run. Homer.
0: Has it already happened? Yeah, Ian baseball Happ. Baseball started. Baseball has started. Yay! Let's go. Ian Happ. I thought about drafting in fantasy. didn't
1: go with it's it. It's going to be nice. All
0: right. We'll go through award picks and we'll wrap up our show here. Fa- we'll
1: fast, fire. Fire. fast fire. Fast
0: five. NLMVP. Bryce Harper. Harb. BR.
1: Contract here.
0: Bryce Harper? Con- uh, no. Anthony Rendon sticking with the Nats. Rendon? Ben. Are you Rand- kidding me right now? Rendon, I think, is the best pure hitter on the Nationals. Harper has dealt with injuries in the past that I don't see him staying healthy over the course of a, four se- course of a full season. Rendon has shown, after the first month last year, he, had, he actually had atrocious numbers. He actually had some of the best in baseball from May through September. I think if he just picks up where he left off and plays that that way throughout the whole season, he's going to finish with 120 RBIs, uh, over 300 batting average, and... I think he's going to be the guy.
1: All right, sir. Fast five. Let's keep going.
0: Who's your pick? National League, National League MVP. Goldschmidt. Goldschmidt. AL MVP. Kevin.
1: Mike Trout. Mike Trout.
0: Mike Trout. I think that's pretty <laughs> obvious. NL Cy Young.
1: Max Scherzer. Tom. NL
2: Cy Young. I'm going Scherzer as well.
0: I'm going Noah Syndergaard. Sinder- uh, wow, Thor. You have you seen how he's been pitching his oh, pre-training? He's nasty. Fireball after five.
1: injuries injuries
0: injuries have held him back but i think if he stays healthy he's one of the best pitchers in the national league world series winner dodgers nice dodgers i did skip al Young. al Young. chris sale Luis Severino, marcus stroman that is our fast five thank you all so much for listening to the latest episode of Wait, the sports pod
1: rookie of the year okay it's a major award who's your rookie of the scott year? kingery yeah, let's okay. go go phillies
2: Rookie of the year? I don't even know. Are you gonna opt out of these? In
1: the I'm gonna go <laughs> with Acuna. But in the my National league. my AL, it's kind of nice. Vlad Guerrero Jr. He's not gonna play. He is number two prospect or number three prospect in baseball. He's gonna not gonna. Gonna play. get called up after his uh after they can gain that extra year of eligibility. He's gonna get called up. He's gonna be nice. Where's he even gonna play? What? Where's he gonna play? Third base, bro. What? Josh Donaldson's Yeah, they're gonna staff. trade him. They're gonna trade no, him. No,
2: they're not. Rookie of the year. I'm gonna stick with my Yankees team and just throw in that. Torres. Once he gets his way (laughs) into the lineup, it's going to be Golibert Torres, man.
0: No doubt about it. I'm going with Dustin Fowler from the A's talking about earlier uh, outfield. I think he's got that power potential and I think he's going to be a huge force in the A's lineup. Manager of the year? AL and NL. Go. Gabe Kapler. Um, AL?
1: What? AL? Terry Francona. (laughs) Boone.
2: (laughs) Boone. Let's go. NL? i have not...
0: Gabe Kappler. I got Phillies, Gabe Kapler. I think buddy. The Phillies are gonna make the playoffs and I think Kapler's gonna be a huge part of it. I also love the fact that he's just such a he's the most fit manager in baseball. The guy you know, like his you know, it's the best, is the you know, you know you
1: know you know it's the best thing about that is he's like the f- most fit manager in baseball and Jake is like the most fit player in baseball. Like apparently Jake Arietta's workouts are insane, like his nutrition is like more strict than like LeBron's. It's like Tom Brady. Yeah, That's exactly. In like, yeah. Jake area, so it's just a perfect fit.
0: And my AL Manager of the Year is Mike Sosha from the Angels. I think they're going to make the playoffs too, and they're going to be a pretty good team. All right, that is going to wrap up our episode. Tom Robertson, thank you so much for coming on. Uh, always a pleasure. Your Yankees bias try, never goes unnoticed.
2: Try to impart uh, the little knowledge that I have. On the <laughs> it's, all, it's always a pleasure.
0: Glad to have you. Well, everybody, don't forget to like and subscribe on iTunes. Follow us on Twitter at PureSportsNet. Like us on Facebook at Pure Sports Network, And check out our website at PureSportsNetwork.com. Yeah, puresportsnetwork.com. I'm Matt Weirich. This is Kevin Haswell and Tom Robertson signing off. Kevin, any final words for the good people?
1: Sixers are going to the Eastern Conference Finals. Phillies are going to the playoffs, baby. Let's get it.
2: Go, Caps, go. Going to get that Stanley Cup, bring it home for the boys.
1: Go
0: Nets. Thank you all so much for listening, and have a good one.
1: Thanks, guys.